Welcome to My Life is a Junk Drawer with your host, me, Sue Mangum. This podcast is meant to help you clean out the junk in your heart, soul, body, and yes, junk drawer. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another week of My Life is a Junk Drawer. Okay, I know everybody is in this crazy, crazy period of their life. And all I can think about is this is going to be a story to tell the grandchildren that in 2020, the world went nutso. And I am not downplaying it. I am scared like you. I am anxious. But I just thought maybe the best thing I could do today is bring you a podcast on something simple like disordered eating, you know, because that could be a little less crazy in your life. <laughs> I, I'm laughing at myself. I hope that you're laughing with me. I am out there with all of you. I just thought maybe you could take your mind off of what's going on around you and listen to this podcast because I have a marvelous guest on today. Suzanne Carpenter of Carpenter 180. She is phenomenal, you guys. She knows her stuff. She's so warm. She is engaging. She, right off her website, is a teacher, a mentor, a consultant. And one of my favorite things she says is that she believes she's your best friend until you say otherwise. And she loves hearing stories. And I think that's so cool because I felt like I was her best friend when we were doing this interview. If you guys can hear me in the end, I really engage with what she's saying. I want to take a minute to talk about what disordered eating is because it is different than having an eating disorder, but it can lead to having an eating disorder. So I looked up, there was a great article on Allure magazine from January 8th of this year, 2020. I just wanted to read a couple of things. It says, how did we get here? How did we get to this disordered eating, which I think so many of us women have? And this is what it says. Most of us have learned to intentionally code all the food we eat into positive or negative categories. We both admonish and applaud ourselves and others for making decisions about what we consume. We eat salads to make up for eating cake at an office birthday party or exercise for an extra 30 minutes to counteract all the bad food we ate over the holidays. But the truth is food doesn't have a incoherent moral value and acting as though it does sets a dangerous precedent. What happened to make us feel this way about ourselves. And Suzanne and I have a great conversation. She battles disordered eating and she's overcome it. I hope that you can relate to her because I know that I certainly could. Here she is. Hello, everybody. Suzanne, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here and share your story. Can you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. First off, thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited about being here and going through the junk drawer together. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are welcome. <laughs> well, so I have been married almost 24 years. I wow. met my husband when I was a freshman in college, and we just stayed together as long as it was fun, and <laughs> we worked hard to make it fun. Yes. Uh, we prescribed to the model definitely of going on smoking hot dates as often as we can, wow. keeping each other the center. Love it. And then that's because we have four kids. So, Because <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of other smoking hot loving going on. Huh? <laughs> 
That's like a, if you listen to uh, the podcast uh, with, uh, gosh, I can't think of her name. Dave, rise up. Uh, oh, Rachel Hollis. Yeah, Rachel Hollis. She says four is like a thousand. It feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it feels like it in many, many different ways. <laughs> I only have three, so I guess that's only like 500. So. <laughs> well, you're still on zone defense. Like, you know, when you have two, you each get a kid and three, yes. it's like whoever's on your side of the house, go for it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Them. Whoever just needs you the most really is where where, where you have, we mm-hmm. have to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, keep going. No, you're fine. So I have a 20-year-old, and I cannot believe that. His name is Drew, and he's at Mississippi State, and he has dimples for days. It's oh. just, it's like a superpower. Wow. And then I have a senior, and then I have a set of twins that are 13. So we call them the big kids and the little kids. Like oh, yeah. Boy, girl, boy, girl. Oh, my gosh. And it's just incredible getting to raise a set of twins and see how similar and then dissimilar it is from raising the two big kids. So yeah, and I bet you were surprised when you were told you were having twins. Absolutely. That is absolutely. <laughs> my husband and I were like, that's two car seats. That's two high chairs. That, like we kept telling each other what we were going to need two of. And you're like, wait a minute, we already have two kids. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so now we have two more. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I swear they were babies 10 seconds ago. And I, I do not know how I have a second child almost going off to college. I don't feel that old. I feel this is a really strange transition time in my life. Yes. It's just, it's, it's a whole different type of feelings that we're going through in our home. Yeah, us too. I mean, I have a 23-year-old who just graduated college and started his real, real big boy job two days ago. And then I have someone, a freshman in at Alabama, and I have a freshman in high school, and it is crazy. It's like, how did I, how do I, how am I old enough to have a 23-year-old? I'm not that old. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like it was just a second ago that you were going to kindergarten roundup? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then in a blink of an eye, it's poof. I know. It's weird. It's like between four and six o'clock every single day, the witching hour, it lasts forever. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, a whole season's gone by. And then the school year's over. And it just tumbles fast. I know. I know. The days are long and the years are short, as Luke Bryan would say. That's very true. Very true. All right. So we're here today to talk a little bit more about health and wellness. And kind of the junk that is around a lot of us, especially women, and the way we feel about ourselves. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you got into the health and wellness uh, side of life. Yeah, well, so then there's just a whole lot of go deep real quick. So I am a uh, disordered eater. I've had an eating disorder since I was a little girl, probably 13. And, And I had great you know, upbringing, mm-hmm. I had healthy parents, I mm-hmm. had two younger brothers, mom was wonderful teacher trying to educate, but there just wasn't a lot of knowledge out there. And I am six foot two. And now I'm long and lean. But then I was kind of a chubby kid. And I didn't know how to fit in. I felt awkward. And I felt like the underdog. Were you that tall at 13? I bet I was six foot, if not just under. Wow. So it was trying to fit in, trying to fit into a mold. And clearly with my height, I never was going to. Right. So then the weight was creeping on because I didn't understand how to eat. That was a different time. I thought if I had lemonade and <laughs> cheese, that I, could, I remember trying to make a diet out of that when I was a child. So I figured out that if I just didn't eat 
then I could slim down. And then if I was thinner, I was chasing down, I was outrunning feeling like an underdog. I was outrunning that morning voice looking in the mirror that was being mean and saying you're not enough and you're ugly and you're fat and your clothes are tight. There was a feeling every day of being unworthy or small, as tall as I am, that I was trying to outrun and I was trying to do it with weight. So I got into this bad spiral of starving myself and then I would try to throw up and I couldn't. And I do hope that this this podcast doesn't trigger anybody. I don't want to be giving ideas of what to do. I want to support what not to do. But I would I would outrun my fork. I would use laxatives or I would over exercise as a way to be thin. And that started young. And that was my greatest shame. In fact, the fact that I'm here talking to you about this right now blows my mind that your listeners are hearing this part of my story. Until a few years ago, nobody was going to know about this, not even my husband. I could not speak it out loud. So the fact that I'm telling you this, so of course, so then this happened. and (laughs) It just seems unbelievable to me as well. So this it's was not my... so scary though once you start sharing it, is it? No. And once... then you realize, oh, someone said she was like that, or she fights with that, or uh, you know, sharing, empowering. Very much so. Yes. And you find out how many others are like you. And so I was basically in that spiral okay. for uh, so many years. And I at one time weighed 226 pounds before I was ever pregnant. Okay. And then I lost all that weight, starving myself. And so that, that was like the precipice of what was going on in my head. Like I had an irrational fear of food. I didn't understand how to eat. I wanted to. What happens is I jump into, um, helping others with their nutrition. Like it's just a, a side hustle of mine. I'm able to take, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but I can basically, once I understand science, explain it to a first grader. I'm a former first grade teacher <laughs> and I was helping my girlfriends and some other people that I was working with lose weight, feel better. But I was never coming true about my own health journey. I figured out food, I figured out how to eat, but I wasn't speaking about the disordered eating. And, and then how about how old were you when this was going on when you started this? Okay, it was about 10 years ago that I started working with people. Okay, so them. from 13 till 10 years ago, you struggled that whole time? I did. Wow, and you I never did. even told your husband? No. I, so I he didn't it. know? Mm-mm. No, because he would be at work. He would be um, away during the day, and then I would have a normal-ish dinner. And okay. then just didn't pick up on it. And did you just exercise for hours and hours while he was gone? or I was consistent every single day, a good okay. hour, hour and a half. But I would get nervous if I couldn't exercise. Oh, yeah. So then, you know, like life throws you curveballs. And right. we were born and raised in Michigan. And in 2009, I ended up in the hospital with a full bowel obstruction. I was oh. a very sick girl. I was in oh there for gosh. almost a month. Wow. And while I was in there, my GI gave me a prescription and said, you need to exercise every day for your abdominal health. Now, only I knew that he gave an addict a script. Nobody else did. You know, I use that like a badge of honor. Like I have to exercise. My GI told me I had to. I was out running my fears. I'm I'm basically surrounded by all these nutritionalists and dietitians and and working with people and keeping my CEUs up. And uh, what happens is I'm asked this question and they said, so you say you say you would die for your kids, but would you change for them? And I thought, I don't really like that question very much, Sue, because 
that meant I was going to have to change something. That kept me up at night. I stewed on that one. And I realized this. It was like, if I didn't change my relationship with food and really get it to where I understood it and it wasn't something I was afraid of, mm-hmm. that my girls were going to be in the same place I'm in, very likely they were going to speak to themselves when they looked in the mirror the same way I was speaking to myself. And I thought, I can't stand that idea. So that's where I really pressed into understanding rather than just how to control food, what foods to eat, when and why. Okay, And to make it simple, not we can talk about the different lipoproteins in the body, but people don't understand that. We need to get down to like the basics. So it was in me understanding and fueling my body and feeling more in control that I quieted that voice in my head. And I did it for my girls. And it was somewhere in there that I realized, oh, this is... This is the love story that the love that I need to write to the world. This is what I need to put out. Yeah. So did you tell your girls about what you had been going through? They oh. were a little young at the okay. time, but they know now what okay. I was going through. And and so they see their mother who eats breakfast, lunch, bridge snack, and dinner. And they see their mom who fuels their body. And right. they know that they're worthy. They know that those voices inside their head are not real. Right. And the thing is, I can't stand the idea that on the day somebody dies, that they're still struggling with, I'm on a diet, or oh. they walk into a room and they think, I can't have that because I'm on a diet, or pack to go on a trip and you pack what fits, not what you want to fit, or you don't get the family pictures made because you don't feel like you're pretty enough to be in right. the picture. You're always holding back, always feeling under. I hate that. And that's what gets me up every day. That's what gets me going. That's the problem that I want to solve because it can be solved. That's so funny because I was just thinking because I continuously battle this same 15 pounds every single year. Take it off and I put it back on. I take it off and put it back on. And this little light bulb went off on my head the other day when I was just trying to love who I was, where I was, was nobody at my funeral is going to say, oh my God, can you believe that she didn't take that 15 pounds off? Or they're not going to talk about, oh gosh, her pants didn't fit. They're, you know, they're going to talk about, you know, the mom I was or the friend I was or the wife I was or the stories and struggles I overcame. So I know your voice and I'm going to tell you because I have huge percentage of women that listen to this podcast. What you speak is you're not alone. There's the, the food struggles the self-image struggles, the worthiness. I just, yesterday I did my podcast, sorry, the one that came out yesterday, which will actually be like four weeks ago when this comes out. (laughs) But, you know, I just was like, what if we just open our junk drawer and we just sit in it and we love every part of the messiness? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean we have to sit there forever. It doesn't mean we don't clean it out, but it just means, you know, we love ourselves as we are. And so then we can love others better. And I mean, and women get things done. You know, like I always say, if we needed a pair of nylons and we had no gas in the car and we didn't have any money in the wallet, we'd still figure out how to get nylons if we needed them. That's we true. can get things done. Uh, it's like if we're starting our day out feeling like the underdog or just uncomfortable and putting ourselves down, we never let somebody else hear. You would never let your children 
hear audibly the voices that you speak in your head. Right. You would never allow that. Yeah, it's what's happening. Yeah. Because of these choices that we make, because we feel so out of control. And the problem with that is we're meant to go move mountains. We're meant to go do incredible things in our communities, within our four walls, within our churches, within our business. There are so many things that we're supposed to do that I think we don't start doing because of that inner, inner morning dialogue. And I don't want it to sound like it's about what size jeans somebody is wearing. It's about how you feel about right. yourself. Right. It really is. And I I don't know if I've been in tune to it because I've been kind of thinking about it, but four different groups of friends that I've sat down with with lunch can't tell you how long the conversation is about food and what they shouldn't be eating and what they, you know, what they're going to exercise. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish we spent all this time figuring out how we could volunteer and, you know, help feed some people or I don't know, something else, but it it is so relevant right now. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this. Let's go back because I kind of had the same revelation with my daughter about the negative self-talk to me because I would sarcastically say it out loud. Like I would always laugh and say, oh, I'm Fatty McFadden, or I always put myself down. I never put her down. And then one day I heard her and she was, she didn't say that, but her struggles with her weight and her struggles with herself, she was, she was a mini me. And I was like, I was blown away. So Mm -hmm. from that very moment, I was like, okay, we have to change. I have to change so that she can understand she's worthy just the way she is. So, mm-hmm. so important for our girls to see that, or we're just going to keep up in this cycle of not being enough and not feeling enough. And they want somebody to show them the way. They want a role model. They want somebody they can follow. Right. And you're you're the one that they trust. And even most. when they say they don't want that, they still <laughs> when they're do. 15. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they're watching. Yes, they they're are. They're watching. They are. So we talked a lot right there about what was going on, how you said how it affected your, your family. So then you had this question, was you, were you willing to change for your family? Mm-hmm. So how did you do that? Like, I don't know, could you just one day change it or was it gradual or a redirection? Right. How were so, you able to change? So I sat in front of doctors and dietitians, and I was really going with getting help for myself. And the thing is... I so you realized you had a problem. At I that realized point. I had a problem okay. and I had to get myself help and I wasn't I okay. wasn't doing it for any reason other than I had to just get Sue's some help so I could rectify food and not be afraid of it. Right. And I didn't know that there was a way. I understood the standard American diet. Right. I understood calories in, calories out. Right. I understood taking fewer calories, exercise more, stay thin. Right. I understood that bad mechanism, but I was cranky, hungry, shaky, tired all the time and miserable. Right. I was afraid to dine out. I was right. afraid to go to a friend's house for dinner. I. It was ridiculous. Wow. I was like in a cage. Wow. So I sit down with these teachers and these brains and... And they start teaching me about, okay, so there's these things called macronutrients. That's the grown-up word for protein, fat, and carbohydrate. All foods break down to those three categories. And like I said, when you give me some science and I understand it, then the light bulb goes off. And I was like, oh, so if I just eat those foods, my blood sugar will be balanced. I won't feel shaky. They're going to shut off hunger hormones my body's going to work more efficient. So I have to feed my body. And it was really out of 
I decided my way wasn't working. Okay. No matter what I was doing, my way was leading me back to misery. Yeah, you just felt bad too, right? I did. I did. I had gray under my eyes. I was always fighting fatigue and tired. And I didn't want to live the rest of my life feeling that way. So I became willing to change. And, And that was probably the biggest part of it. I was willing to not just hear the knowledge, but go, you've gone before me. This isn't a fad. This is food. I'm going to eat food. I'm going to feel better. And my weight's not going to fluctuate. And I'm not going to have these crazy cravings. And I'm not going to binge anymore because I'll be fueling my body. I mean, so many women, if you could just stop binging or get two of the binges back every week and pretend like they didn't happen, we'd be moving forward. Right. But that means you have to do something different. And that's scary. Right. That's really scary because I believe everyone is doing their very best with what they know how to do at this very moment. Right. And when you know better, you can do better. You can do better, but that involves some trust. That is involves a trust fall. That is very true. So you you picture that, like your greatest fear is I'm going to gain more weight because I don't feel comfortable in my own skin. And somebody's telling me to eat more food or eat more frequently. That does not make sense when that's actually the case. Right. So you have to work on your mental mental health too, right? You can't just say, I'm going to change my eating habits and then miraculously I'm going to change how I feel about myself. No, because you think about this. You could go online and Google a meal plan. Right. I mean, there's, of course. there are a dime a dozen out there. Oh but, my gosh. How many diets have I been on? Right. But you let know, me count the ways. Let me count. Them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you don't follow the meal plan after a couple days because your willpower right. ran out because right. you were operating on a willpower. Right. So we have to get into thinking about like emotion overrides logic. Right. So you get over hungry or something hard happens and you want to comfort with food. You actually have to dig into some of that stuff as well. Right. About why is food the comfort mechanism? Right. Why is that okay? You know, in like um, exercising a muscle to build it up, you have to frequently exercise that muscle. Well, with food, a lot of it is like exercising a disciplined muscle or a compromise muscle. And for some reason, it's okay to overindulge in America, in this area with food, that's like completely fine, but you're not okay to overindulge in alcohol or stealing or drugs or driving too fast. There's, there's societal, societal ramifications for that. But with food, you're okay to do that. That's allowed. So then it feels like you're going against a cultural norm to exercise compromise or discipline to make different choices with food because it's so allowed to to overdo right. it here. Well, I mean, even the food and nutrition, they want you to be fat so then they can sell you a diet and then you can fail and then you can do their new diet. I mean, the nutritional world of food, that's a whole nother story. But I mean, they want you to eat 4,000 calories a day. That's what they're putting out there for you to eat. So of course, it's okay to eat everything you want to eat. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then it's somewhat addicting is the sugars and the the crazy starches and all that stuff. So once again, you're spiraling, right? Am I, am I correct? It's confusing. Yes. (laughs) It's funny. I just want to say this real quick because something you said made me think of, I just watched the Taylor Swift documentary. I saw it too. Did you? So when she was talking about when she was a size zero, zero and she would go on stage and she hadn't eaten all day and she was faint, like you were just saying, and she was shaky. And then she started to eat and she, 
now she's like a size six, but she's like, I can go on a show and I, I'm like this powerhouse now because food is actually fueling my body. Mm-hmm. So I just thought of that. I'm like, that is, you know, even mm-hmm. Taylor Swift says it. So it's got to be true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you go in and you start to study because obviously you're very interested in food. It's been part of your life for your whole life. This, you're going to not take it as an obsession, but as a teaching mechanism. Mm-hmm. You learn about macronutrients. Tell me more. Well, so I basically, I got to where I understood protein, fat, and fiber. Okay. Okay. So in a, in a short amount here, basically you have eight loud hungry hormones in your body and we want to turn those off. And protein will turn off a few hungry hormones and it'll help reduce your cravings for carbs. Okay. Okay. So we want that on our plate. Fat also regulates your temperature. It gives you a feeling of satiety. It helps slow gastric emptying, means you'll be full longer. And it's a little bit decadent. So we want that on our plate. Then the the other part of it is we want to focus on fiber. What I realized and what I understood is So the other macronutrient is carbohydrate, but fiber is a zero calorie part to a carbohydrate. Okay. So fiber will not be absorbed into your body. It will literally pass through your GI tract. So the benefits to this is fiber will swell in your stomach when you're drinking water, causing you to feel full. It will help malabsorb calories, fats, and toxins, usher them out of the body into the toilet bowl. There's studies where if you can take your fiber consumption, which probably for an American is around nine to 15 grams get it up to 24 grams a day, you will malabsorb about 90 calories a day. And over the course of a year, that's nearly a 10 pound weight loss by adding in fiber. So what I saw was, okay, so if we focus on increasing our fiber Mm -hmm. and lowering the carbohydrate part, the net carb part, the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So we're increasing the fiber. So yes, that's carbohydrate, but we're lowering the net carb or the part that gets converted into glucose or blood sugar. Okay. Then our body's going to burn fat for fuel. Okay. So our body can't digest fiber, like I just said, but it's going to try to. It's going to keep working on chewing that fiber the whole time it's in your GI tract. Okay. Hold one second. Is there a difference between soluble and unsoluble fiber? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So those are the two major parts to the fiber. They're broken down into soluble and insoluble. So soluble acts like a sponge. Think about on the counter, you just spilt water and you took your sponge from the sink and you wiped it up. Okay. Okay. So it soaked up the water. That's your soluble fiber. And then the insoluble fiber acts like a broom and it sweeps everything out. So you want both types of fiber. Okay. And you want fiber from a variety of sources, like your whole grains, legumes, fruits, and vegetables, because you want all the different okay. nutrients and vitamins coming that into they your come body. With them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But okay. The, the exciting thing to me about the fiber was the fact that our body was going to do so much work burning calories while it was in the GI tract. And you're going to feel full. So, so this, did that blow your mind at that point when yeah. you're like, I have to, this is going to work for me and not against me? Exactly. Exactly. And then you can't mistake though the health benefits to like incorporating fiber in our diet. See, like in the Amer- when the American industrialization happened, mm-hmm. okay, what happened is they started cleaning up our food and taking out fiber. And that's also when waistlines started to get bigger. Okay. Okay. So we used to eat a lot of fiber in our diet, you know, roughage as the grandparents would say it back 
right, years right. and years ago. So this has tremendous health properties. So weight loss is the side effect of getting healthy. And that's really what we're looking for. So right. this can lower the risk for estrogen dominance, breast cancer can reduce colon cancer, balance blood sugar and cholesterol, reduce inflammation in the GI tract and the body, reverse signs of some of the um, like arthritis and alopecias and psoriasis, clears up skin, like the health benefits are phenomenal. Okay. But again, back to our main topic, a lot of the emotional side is what women are dealing with. And it does often late back to how they look and feel about themselves. Right. So the fiber is just like this hidden food that's out there <laughs> that we just need to be focused on incorporating onto our plate and just focus on increasing the fiber rather than what breads to have or what Right. Gotcha. Carbs are everywhere. But if we just work on increasing the fiber, we're going to get there. Right. That's interesting. Okay. So this kind of incorporates that you built your own brand program. Tell me a little bit about Carpenter 180. Okay. I'm excited about this. So Carpenter is my last name. And then 180, the reason I call it that is it's one intentional decision for 80 days in a row one intentional decision each meal for 80 days in a row, because basically it takes 66 days to make a habit. Right. But let's say we do that and you you make these new habits and you show up with protein, fat, and fiber every meal. 180 degree turn is what's going to happen in your lifestyle after that amount of time, because right. you're going to have food peace. So I built this company to answer questions or solve problems that a lot of my clients were having. A lot of them had to do with time and money. So they wanted the information, they wanted to understand, but they didn't have the time to commit every single week to learn. And I understand that we're busy. We are so much happening. Right. The other was it was cost prohibitive. You know, we want to feed our families. We want to go on vacation. And I don't want to spend a lot of money on a program that I don't know if it's even going to work. Right. And Right. You're going, yes, yes. I'm shaking my head, yes. So I basically <laughs> just I'm thinking of all the money I've spent on Yes. So this stuff. Carpenter one eighties, no products, nothing like that. It's just I'm educating to empower people and when you empower them, they're inspired to go do it themselves. Right. So one part to this is it's called Sue's on your shoulder. I'm your daily SOS. And every every day, it's a short two or three minute soundbite that drops into an audio text in the phone. And it is teaching the components of this healthy lifestyle, protein, fat, and fiber at every meal, how we can have weight loss without hunger. Oh, cool. And it's built around how people learn. And okay. I tapped into my education degree. <laughs> and it's, You dumbed it down for all of us. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> we learn or we memorize in short little segments yes, and repetition. Mm-hmm. So if every day you're getting a message that's on brand, different, me right. bringing my quirkiness to right. it, but you're beginning to understand. And then you have somebody who's a role model or a little bit of inspiring or encouraging, teaching. Right. It's going to continue to keep people focused to get on track right. to the results. Right. And it's cheap. It's 15 bucks a month. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's really inexpensive. So then the middle, the second offer is I want more than a bite-sized nugget. I want a little bit more. So that's the video courses where I just explain out the premise behind this. And it's meant to be that somebody understands and is able to go do this, that they're not constantly re-signing up for things. And then the third arm of what I do is working and tutoring people one-on-one. People that actually like, oh, I have questions and I need answers from you specifically. Right, right. And I love that part. Cool. So let's go back just a little bit. 
keto is so big and you're talking carbs and low carbs. Yeah. Is this different than keto? Right. Oh, absolutely. This is not a no carb diet. So keto, keto does have its space. It absolutely. And keto works. It just for a lot of people can't, doesn't work for a long period of time Well, because you have to have carbs. Your body needs carbs. It does. And really we have to look at this practically. Are you going for a long-term solution and a long-term lifestyle? Like, are you eating in a pattern that you see yourself doing 80 years from now or when you're 80? And if the answer is no, that's not sustainable. So we have to actually create a pattern of eating. That's what the word diet means, pattern of eating for man or mammal. We have to create something that you can do for the rest of your life. If you do something temporarily, you're going to have temporary results. So in the keto space, it's definitely great for if you have cognition or you're leaning towards Alzheimer's, dementia, or epilepsy, where it was originally formatted. I think it brought a great, great new influx of lower carbohydrate products in because we're just consuming just too much. Right. It's just portion sizes are so big. We're just getting too much. And when you consume too much carbohydrate, it spills out into body fat. Right. So basically what happens is when you eat a carb, once it gets inside your body, you have this insulin that releases and it's kind of like your body has a shovel and the insulin's the shovel and it's scooping up the little carbohydrates and it has to dump it in a bucket. And one bucket it's going to dump in is your muscle. And then another bucket it's going to dump in is your liver. And if your muscle and your livers are already filled out, it's going to overflow into a third bucket called body fat. So the way that we can lower those buckets is lowering your net carb. So you're absolutely still getting carbohydrates in the fiber. You still are getting carbohydrates in the legumes and the vegetables and the fruits. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's it's not keto in that you're suppressing all carbohydrates. You're on 20 grams or less or whatever it is. No, not at all. We're just looking to put on your plate protein, fat, and fiber, the three macronutrients. All right. So give us an example of dinner for you. Okay. So one of my favorite meals is just to do crockpot chicken with a jar of salsa and to just let it marinate and cook. And then when we're doing taco Tuesday, Mm -hmm. okay, so the kids might have a burrito with cheese and sour cream and make a quesadilla out of that chicken meat. And then I'll take the same chicken meat and Mm -hmm. I'll make a salad out of it. I'll get greens of whatever kind. And then I'll load pico and guac and the chicken salad. And that way I have dinner for me. Right. Protein, fat, and fiber. My kids are having food. Right. I just changed it up a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. I'll tell you right now, I am obsessed with cauliflower rice. I just think, (laughs) yes. I mean, it's just the applications for it are just fantastic. And and you can, my favorite way to do cauliflower rice is actually with fennel. And a lot of people aren't familiar with fennel. Okay. But if you chop up a fennel bulb and roast it and you roast up cauliflower florets, Mm -hmm. okay, give them a little garlic and salt. The next step is you blur it up with in the blender with a little bit of uh, vegetable broth or chicken broth, mm-hmm. and you make cauliflower mash. Right. The fennel and that garlic in that makes it phenomenal, and it feels decadent. Right, right. That's important because you want to feel like you're eating potatoes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do a lot of um, – I love spaghetti squash. I'm big into spaghetti squash for my noodles, and, and – um, you know, we roast it up and make spaghetti or whatever, Alfredo or whatever. So that's, we do that too. I'm going to just give you a tiny bit of pushback on my side because when I do very low carb, 
um, my thyroid has been affected, and that's what I've been struggling with. I struggled with the thyroid since my daughter, who's 15, but this last year and a half, I realized because I did keto for a long time, and then so I just kind of had to heal my thyroid before I could start more plans. And one of the things is that you have to have carbs, not starches, not breads and not all of that, but good carbs, especially fruits. So what do you say to that? I say you're exactly right. That's how you have energy. Okay. So let's say with your fiber that you fiber is contained in a carbohydrate. Let's say that the first week that you're trying to increase your fiber, you bump it up and you're looking at 25 grams of fiber. Okay. Okay. So maybe you go to 20 because you're feeling like a little bit of the rumbling and the tumbling. You will adjust. Right. Okay. But you very well might have had 50 or 60 grams of carbohydrate in order to achieve that 25 grams of fiber. Right. You absolutely can have carbs. It's more that I want people to be getting their fiber closer to 35 grams for women. The reason is the recommended daily allowance is at least 25. Mm -hmm. If we say 35, well, you're getting there. You know, you're really getting the benefits, but what you do above that in terms of carbohydrate is up to what's best for your body. Okay. So some people are taking in 80, 90, 100, 120 grams of carbohydrate, which that's right in line. Right. Right. It's just getting the right carbs in that aren't converting to blood sugar. Let's say someone out there gets gets really excited about what you're saying and they're saying, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start this fiber thing. Tell me a couple of your favorite sources of fiber. Okay, sure. The breakfast that I'm loving right now, okay, my my number one is just a smoothie. Yeah. A sm- a smoothie I'm mix. smoothies too. Oh my gosh. So just stick in your smoothie, chia seed or flax, almond butter, p- peanut butter, mm-hmm. MCT oil, scoop of protein powder, mm-hmm. and you're good. Okay, that's a right. standard. Right. The other breakfast I'm loving is the- So chia seeds, do they have a lot of fiber? Mm-hmm. And then the other that I love is- Two good Greek yogurt. A lot of people want their flavor. They don't want the plain foggy. Right. So two good Greek yogurt, brand buds. Now there's Natural's Path that's a little bit healthier, but brand buds are a nice high fiber. Uh-huh. Okay. And then um, these are called Zen basil seeds. And they are, I only find them on Amazon. There's seven grams of fiber. There's seven grams of carbohydrate, meaning they're zero net carb, but they're going to give you a lot of fiber. And they uh-huh. look like they look like chia seeds, little black. Oh, okay. But they're 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 a little bit different, but they're great. Okay. And then there's um, something you can get off Amazon called by Chalk Zero is the brand, and it's like a vanilla fiber syrup. Oh. And people can look at the sweeteners, and they're all in line. But you can add a lot of fiber with the sweetener with the syrup on top of your yogurt. And you're making a healthy breakfast bowl that's not going to spike blood sugar. Right. So that's one of my favorites. The other one that I love, my my group knows this. They're like, here she goes. They're <laughs> called GG crackers. They're GG Scandinavian crisp breads. You've, again, I found them at Whole Foods sometimes, but I usually just order them, them off Amazon. Amazon. Okay. So these are four grams of fiber per cracker. There's six total carbohydrates. That means they're two net carbs, 20 calories each cracker, you're just not going to find something better than this. It's kind of the gold standard. Right. So this is a vessel. I promise you very few people are like, mm, just love eating Gigi crackers. Right. But they are a vessel to get protein, fat, and fiber to your mouth. Okay. So four Gigi crackers in the afternoon between four and six o'clock, 
That's your bridge snack. That's ruin your dinner. Offset your hunger for dinner. Right, that way right. you're not going to eat your arm off. Right. Because by the way, you know, your metabolism's highest in the morning and lowest at nighttime. Oh, yeah. I've always heard eat like a king in the morning and a popper at night. Well, and the reason we don't is we don't eat enough food during the day. Right. And I, that was me, by the way. I would put my babies to bed and then I was all about the food after 10 o'clock. So I, every woman who's like, I don't know if I can stop eating at night. I'm like, I totally get what you're saying. Right. I was there. But you can if you eat enough food during the day. Right. The cravings will change which just doesn't seem possible right. when you're in the middle of your crazy right. cycle. Right. So these four GG crackers in the afternoon, I do one of a couple things. If I'm traveling, I keep them in my car and nut butter pouches, and I'll just slurp oh, some yeah, on yeah. there and make little GG crackers. Keep okay. some water close by, though, because those <laughs> things are going to get you. If I'm home... Mm, sounds delicious. Well, I mean, I would rather I would rather undersell it and have people uh, go, these aren't so bad. Yeah. I, they're not so bad. Yeah. They're really... They're they're great. Once you get used to them and they make you feel so full, you really appreciate it. And okay. then when you start to notice my stomach is flatter, my pants are fitting better, right. I'm not striving with my weight like I have been. This that, is amazing. Yeah, my, that's my... Um, I don't eat at night. Like after dinner, I'm fine. But it's the three to the three thirty to five thirty. Oh my god! How many cheese its I've consumed in those hours? I cannot even tell you. But yeah, well, try so, this. Yeah, try yeah. GG crackers, and then yeah. maybe even get Greek whipped cream cheese. Oh yeah, and then put some salmon on top or some turkey. You right. could top it with guacamole and right. shredded chicken from Taco Tuesday night. Right, just. Look at it like you're just building this recipe of protein, fat, and fiber. And the Gigi crackers are just the fiber. It's right. just your source. Right. But cool. They'll change your day. They'll okay. make you... The Gigi cracker. I'm going to order them as soon as we get done with this podcast. <laughs> I'll be like, oh my gosh. Have I left anything out that you want to share? Oh, heavens. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> tell All right. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us a little bit about your program, how we can get your program, and... That sort of stuff. Okay, sure. So definitely follow me on Instagram and uh -huh. it's Carpenter180. I need to tell you though, it's spell out the word O-N-E for one. Okay. So Carpenter O-N-E 80. 80. Mm -hmm. And so that's Instagram. And that's kind of fun because a lot of the stories I'll put up have how I'm doing the 180 eating lifestyle. Right. And you can just model. Right. See? I've been following you and you've been traveling a lot. So you're always opening a menu. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that looks good. <laughs> well, and I want people to see that you can dine out. Right. You can go out to eat. You can yeah. do this and not feel like you're always restricted. Because of the truth of it is in our, our culture right now, we're eating out a lot. Mm -hmm. So be, to be able to make a choice and a better choice, you know, guided by you is amazing. Good. But and a lot of what I'm trying to do is there's healthy eating and then there's healthy eating for weight loss. So we have to decide who's listening or who we're talking to right. with that. Two out of three Americans are overweight. One out of three is obese. So most of the people I'm talking to, they do want weight loss. So I'm right. I'm providing information in that capacity of, okay, so if we go to Chick-fil-A, here's how you would eat for weight loss. But over here, there are healthy options, right. but that's going to be more your weight management. So okay. we have to decide which which way we're going with that. Okay. Um, so Carpenter180 on Instagram. Okay. And then same, that's my website, www.carpenter180.com. Okay. And for your listeners, I have on that website seven free days of SOS. Oh, All they have to do is go there, click it. They'll get seven free days of sound bites. I put in recipes, shopping lists, 
tips, a lot of like kind of the fundamentals of getting to know Carpenter 180. And then Facebook, same thing. All my handles are Carpenter 180. 180. Awesome. That'll be an easy way for us to find you. That's right. I'm going to go sign up too. Oh, good. So you know you can't come here without my standard last two questions. Your questions. So I ask the same questions to everyone. Can you tell us something that, that you're trying to clean out or you're working on in your heart, soul, maybe not your body because you've already cleaned it out and how you're doing it and um, just share with our, our listeners? Well, I, I do want to tell you that I thought I was going to be teary early <laughs> on in the podcast, like saying that, you know, my, my eating disorder is a hard thing to talk about. Right. I thought that I would... I really expected I was going to, so this might be my chance, but this, this is a time in my life that I am battling ridiculous fear and I, it's, it's in my junk drawer and I'm trying to shine light on it Uh and make it, you know, go away. And I know the Bible says, do not fear, right? peace be with you. And I believe that. But it's almost like I'm not trusting it because there's so much fear and worry. And it's my big kids have bigger things at stake. Building a business and putting myself out here is wildly terrifying. Oh, yeah. Because as much as I believe in somebody else and that they're worthy and that they have a message that is very important for someone to hear, I believe out of you, Sue, and why you have this podcast and what you're doing with this platform, it's very hard to believe it yourself. In birthing this company, and taking it from something that I did as a hobby at a high level to actually a company, it's been terrifying. I had no idea how much work was involved at all, Right? Um, how vulnerable I would feel, how often I would feel inadequate or unsure. And, and it all stems down to fear. And Ugh. it has just, it's almost been for the first time in my life, opening doors of not being paralyzed, but almost, you know, or having to really get a grip on things that yeah. I, it, it seemed easier when I was younger, <laughs> I guess. No, I, it, we kind of talked about this before we got on air. It, it is terrifying to put yourself out there. And for me, it's like, all right, you know, someone's going to not like what I say. And I have to get over the fear of that's okay. They don't like what I say, then they don't have to listen to me. You know, it is scary out there. <laughs> I can, I understand completely. And I tell myself things like haters are going to hate or cancel your obsession about what other people think right. about you. You have a voice. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, there's no original idea. Right. And you are worthy. And, you know, people, they're just mean people out there, as Taylor Swift would say. Yeah. So. <laughs> They don't, we don't have to listen to them. I can tell when you talk about your program, you light up and I can tell that you are, uh, it's really something you believe in. So I'm going to be your biggest fan over here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to add to this last question because I, my, my first podcast that I came out with, it was, you know, kind of living in the messiness of your, your junk drawer and that your junk drawer also holds hidden treasures. So my standard question is what's the funniest or the weirdest thing in your closet or junk drawer? But it can also expand out now to, is there a treasure in your junk drawer that you were surprised to find and it brought back such a great memory? You gave me a plot twist right there. <laughs> I did. I'm I sorry. thought about that last one. Well, I'll start with while I'm And thinking- you can say both, really. Okay. I'm thinking through my head about 
I've got it. I'm going to hold my finger up so I remember. Okay. The thing that surprises me about my junk drawers is they're not always overflowing, but there's always kid teeth in them. <laughs> like we've moved six times since my oldest started shedding teeth. And you would think Dave Carpenter and I could get a handle on where to put them all. Oh, yeah. And we have, it's like, I'll open up my underwear drawer and there's some teeth. And then I go into the kitchen and there's some more teeth. I'm always finding baby teeth in junk drawers. And, and I don't ever do anything with them. Yeah. I never compile them. Never. But what are we supposed to do with baby teeth? I don't know. That's you're not a- the, you're not alone. I've had several people say that the baby teeth are what they found in their junk drawer. I need somebody to email me or message me what to do with baby teeth. Can I have somebody give me permission to finally throw them away? Yeah. I mean, what maybe. are what maybe are we, keep one of them each? I, I mean, do what do we? They don't gonna, want their teeth. I think when we die, do they want those teeth? I don't think so. And we're not going to dip them in gold and wear them on a necklace. I mean, like, why do we hold on to baby teeth? But I did, oh, and gosh. they're in lots of drawers. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So the the one thing that came back in a junk drawer that came back to me that was a treasure. And it it came back as my son drew my oldest when he was two, he had this little plastic tinkerbell figurine. Uh And I can still see it that how he'd hold it in his hand. Uh Everywhere he went, he had this little plastic tinkerbell. Sue, it's the size of a quarter. I mean, it's so small. Okay. And it went through Walt Disney World with us trips, cars, parks, you name it, grocery stores, preschool. Oh my gosh. Think about how this Tinkerbell should get lost. Right. Okay. We would put it in and forget about it for years. And then the Tinkerbell would show up in a drawer or something. Recently, in the last two years, I was cleaning up something in his room or whatever. And there was that Tinkerbell and it brought back the memories of when he was little. It's just sometimes things that you think are lost that you realize that are really there and how important those memories are and those moments that you're creating, which I'll tie back into, that's what I don't want women to miss is those moments. And I don't want them to be holding back or not showing up because they just don't feel good about themselves. I I don't want them to miss those Tinkerbell moments because they're precious and this is our one shot at it. And so my... My desire is to play a part in helping to let people look and feel their very best so they can live their very best life right now, starting right now. Wow. That's an awesome way to end. (laughs) It's like drop the mic moment. (laughs) All right. I will have, I'm going to tie on my website, which is tiny and little, but I'm going to have all your information over there on my website. Tell them one more time where they can find you before we leave. Yes. www.carpenter180.com. Spell out the number O-N-E for one. Okay. Well, thanks, Suze. This was so fun, Suzanne. Uh, And everybody, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. Hey, if you like what you heard, if you would give me a review, that would be fabulous. The more reviews I get, the higher I get, the more people can listen to me and find me. Oh, by the way, you can find me at mylifeisajunkdrawer.com or on Facebook at mylifeisajunkdrawer. On Instagram, it's Sue C. Mangum. You can leave questions, concerns, anything, and I'll be sure to get back with you. Hope to hear from you soon.